Welcome to Money and Meaning, a podcast where we explore the work and passions of people around the world who are working to unlock the power of markets for impact. This podcast is hosted by SOCAP Global and the Sorensen Impact Center. I'm Robert Munson, President of SOCAP Global and Managing Director at the Sorensen Impact Center. SOCAP Global convenes the largest and most diverse community in impact through live and digital experiences that educate, spur conversation, and inspire investment and positive impact. We work under the leadership of the Sorensen Impact Center, which helps organizations achieve their impact vision. The center is proudly housed at the University of Utah's David Eccles School of Business. Each month, we will feature new stories of amazing people who are leveraging the power of capital markets for the betterment of people and planet in a just and sustainable way. We expand the conversation around impact investing and explore strategies to finance and support important social and environmental change. Many of these episodes were recorded live from our SOCAP 22 stage in San Francisco. By the way, our next flagship event will be held in October of 2023 in San Francisco. Make sure to register at SOCAPglobal.com. We hope to see you there. In this episode, we are excited to hear from Imogen Rose Smith and Ryan Brennan. Imogen is an award-winning journalist and writer, entrepreneur, impact and sustainable investment advisor, and all-around expert in the field. Ryan is a managing director at Advantage Capital, who have been innovators in raising private institutional capital to invest in businesses located in communities that are underserved by traditional sources of risk capital. As Ryan explains in this episode, Advantage moves capital to places where it doesn't naturally go. In this conversation, Imogen and Ryan cover Advantage's investment matrix, impact measurement, how the firm uses insurance companies and banks as large pools of impact capital, whether ESG is doing harm or helping all of us make the world a better place, and much more. Let's jump into the conversation. Uh, my name's Imogen Rose Smith. I'm a managing director with Confluence Partners. With me today is Ryan Brennan, a managing director with Advantage Capital. Hi, Ryan. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you enjoying your SOCAP so far? I love it. The energy is fantastic. Uh, rooms are full, debates are happening, new ideas, pushing back. I think it's been great. Does it feel good to be back in person? So good. People? I love all the side comments of, I thought you'd be taller, or you're not in a box on my TV screen anymore. That's been a lot of fun. That's famously, like when people see people are not on Zoom. Yeah. They all think that everyone's going to be taller. Taller, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, so tell, us, tell us about Advantage Capital and why Advantage Capital is an impact investor. Sure, thank you. Boy, Advantage has been around uh, 30 years now. It really started around this mission of trying to get capital to places it doesn't naturally go. And, that, and it started through a public-private partnership. So the state of Louisiana put an incentive in place to try to get venture capital firms to locate there and only invest in Louisiana startups. And if firms did that, they would give their LPs, in this case insurance companies, incentives or tax credits. We were one of the first firms to participate in that program. And 30 years later, uh, 80 funds later, 17 states later, 
we have this mission of taking capital to New Orleans, to rural Nebraska, to upstate Connecticut, and find these incredible entrepreneurs that in a lot of cases are being missed by traditional sources. And so how do you measure the impact that you're having? Well, so many ways. Uh, we, we really start with the fact of can this entrepreneur, can this company get capital from somewhere else? Uh, because we have these incentives, we never want to displace private available capital. So we start there. Is this entrepreneur having a hard time finding the funding they need to grow? If we pass that gate, then we have a 38-question impact matrix that goes side by side with the due diligence of the actual business of the company. But if you, if you boil that whole matrix down, we think our ethos is quality jobs, real wages, ability to create and grow wealth in some of the toughest communities in the United States. So it's, is this but for capital? Are we helping people get a job where they might otherwise be passed over, meaning not even a high school degree? And if so, if they get that job, can they build wealth for themselves and their family? And what kind of return expectations are you looking for? Do you have with these strategies? Well, we have, uh, we do have strategies and they're hard, right? We're going to places, capital doesn't go probably for a reason. Might not be the concentration of entrepreneurs or good distribution channels or good mentors and advisors. So we expect that our returns will be five to 7% less than if we went anywhere in the United States with any company. And in our minds, that's where the incentives come into play. So that narrows the gap and we can take more risk. We can go to places again that, that just get passed over and those incentives help make up our return to investors. So, and your investor base is predominantly insurance companies and banks, correct? Correct, that's right. Now, most people don't necessarily think of insurance companies and banks as impact investors. So how does that work and why do they want to invest with you? I don't think anybody thinks about <laughs> an insurance company as an impact investor. Uh, but what they do have is tremendously large pools of capital. And that's all I want. I really just want their capital to go do good. So our mission is not to create a risky product that is hard for them to account for. As you know, they're very highly regulated. I don't want to create something that's difficult for them to hold onto their books. So we try to package it into a fixed income investment that might go along, right along with the municipal bond from Boston and a, a rated security from a corporate and us. So that we can get their capital and the incentives are part of the return to them. And then once we've gotten that, we are then able to go follow each of the programs in which we participate and try to go do good. So what we found though over 30 years is they might have gotten into it for a fixed rate of return. Now they love the impact. We, we, we share with them the annual report and here's what you made and they say, great, can you send us your impact report too? So it's catching on and I don't, I don't know that they would invest in our products and our funds simply because of that impact, but now they're asking for it. And so even if it's a big tanker, we're starting to turn it a little bit. And does the, well, I guess, what is the geographic distribution of your investors? Is it predominantly US based? And if so, does the local job, job creation element appeal to them? It is entirely US based. And part of it is this, these incentives, these tax credits go against their tax in the United States. 
So almost by definition, we've got to have them doing very active business in the United States. Um, and, and the job creation piece uh, is not necessarily geographic. We raise money from insurance companies in Wisconsin and in Iowa and in California. So as long as it's domestic U.S., they like the impact that we're having, and I think they like the adjusted return we're able to offer. And what about the bank investors? Is it the same appeal? A little different. Um, we're able to directly appeal to their CRA requirements, and that also helps. In each of these big organizations we found, you know, if there are 1,000 doors, there's three of them where we should go. So I've got to rule out 997 and find either it's CRA or it's this blended fixed income return. Or sometimes we'll go to this alternative assets group, you know, the 2% that's in venture capital. Um, we frankly just don't have as much success there because we're trying to talk to different parts of the business that really just want to return. Uh, but the banks, very much so. so. The banks are more so saying, tell us about your work in Atlanta. Tell us about your work in rural Utah. That's important to them because that might overlay with their CRA requirement. So they get kind of a double bump when we get to get their capital. And do you also have foundation investors who might be interested specifically in job creation in certain regions? We don't, right? For the moment, we've stayed really with our big institutions. We have some you know, high net worth or family offices in a few states, but that's rare. Um, the foundations turn out to be a great partner. If we go to uh, Pennsylvania, we'll start with a handful of foundations to say, where are you putting your capital? What parts of the state do you think are prime for growth? And then we'll go with them there. And they'll already know the players. They'll already know the entrepreneurs. That helps a bunch. And sometimes if they have active funds to deploy, we can co-invest alongside of them. So they're not investors in our fund. But a lot of times we'll start there when we first land in a market. It's interesting. You're, you your client base is almost the inverse of what, inverse of what the history of impact Absolutely. has been. Yeah, it is. And, and think, we started in 1992. Before impact was even Well, thing. before it was cool. Uh, and, and now, again, so many funds later. And we've had 770 portfolio companies in our life. We have about 250 now. The velocity of what we do, we tell our quote, venture friends how much money we put out. We do 100 investments a year, more or less at $2.5 million a piece. And every one of those is underwritten. Every one of those, somebody takes a board seat often. So it's a lot of velocity, but we've learned along the way that there's just a need for this capital, uh, and that's really rewarding. So you participated in our SOCAP Oxford debate. I did. Um, the proposal was that this house thinks that um, ESG should be retired. Mm -hmm. you, you debated in favor of the proposal. Mm -hmm. Why, why is impact a better or more useful metric than ESG? Well, first of all, I'd like on the record that we won the debate <laughs> yesterday. Uh, uh, but it, that was really quite a fun format, and credit to SOCAP for, for trying something different. Yeah, so the proposal, uh, you know, we're, we're in this audience of people trying to change the world, and a lot of us through capital. Um, that, that specific question of, in my mind, is ESG doing harm or is it helping us? That's what I read when I said should it be retired or should it go away. Um, impact, I, I think, of, of, of all of the offerings and the entrance here, I said this on stage, we each have our own mission. Advantage capital cannot be defined by ESG, 
I don't believe uh, that my panelists could be defined by ESG. I think it's a really big umbrella that does include everybody. And when it includes everybody, it includes nobody. Nobody can get their hands around it. Nobody can feel it. Nobody can say, I did better in ESG this year. So for us, it's impact. Our impact and our slice of the universe is quality jobs and helping people build wealth for their families in the toughest parts of the country. And when someone says, are you an ESG firm? I would, I would never say yes. I'd say, no, I'm an impact investing firm. And here are the people that we help intentionally. And here are our results. So everything under the ESG umbrella, I think, I support. Um, I feel like the term has become so politicized and divisive. I'd rather break it up and talk about some of the other things I heard from the audience yesterday in our little part of the world, which is jobs. Well, and, and one thing that we're really trying to focus on here at SOCAP is also diversity, equity, and inclusion. Mm -hmm. um, how do you guys think about and measure that in the work that you do, both in terms of investing and at your firm itself? Well, we, uh, we think we have a tremendous way to go. Uh, we think about it frequently, all the time. Uh, our, chief invest our chief impact officer, Sandy Moore, has been a leader in the DEI space for 40 years. She's one of the most talented professionals I know. She helps out recruit people of color, people of different lifestyles constantly, and we have a long way to go. We're starting with our companies. Where do we put our capital? And Sandy and a few of our other partners have launched the Empower the Change Fund, which is a targeted $200 million fund for black-owned businesses only that have to show that there's wealth creation occurring for that owner and for those employees. So that's one of the dozen funds we're investing right now. Let's start with that. Let's be very intentional about targeting people um, from underrepresented communities. Uh, with recruiting for ourselves, it is a challenge. You know, someone said yesterday, we recruit from our network. And it's, it's easier because I know those professionals and I'm in the same social circles, but they generally look like me. And that's our trap. So um, with Sandy's help, we're recruiting at historically black colleges with others on our team being very intentional about trying to source candidates that don't look or feel like us. And we have a long way to go. Hard work that all of the asset management mm. industry mm -hmm. is now you know, working on. Yeah. Um, well, thank you very much thank for you. talking to us today and for being here at SOCAP. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Money and Meaning. If you were inspired by the conversation and are interested in getting more involved with the SOCAP community, we invite you to join us at SOCAP 23 in October. As a podcast listener, you can register with the code MONEYMEANING23. That's all caps, M-O-N-E-Y-M-E-A-N-I-N-G-2-3 to save $50 off the current ticket price when you register at SoCapGlobal.com. You will also find a sign-up page for our newsletter, which we send every other week with valuable conversations, the latest podcast episodes, event updates, and resources for the impact community. We look forward to seeing you in October, and be sure to subscribe to Money & Meaning wherever you get your podcast to be notified of our next episode's release.